2: Good morning. Welcome to The Morning Beat. Thank you so much for being here. As always, we have a fantastic show coming up for you. We're kicking things off this morning in about 15 minutes with one of our favorite segments, Am I the A-Hole? A couple of brothers got into it at an engagement party. Uh, Who's the A-Hole? We're going to tell you the story and let you decide coming up shortly. I know Michaela's going—I already know what you're going to say, Michaela. Um, You do? (laughs) mm -hmm. I'm just going to call it right now. The word boundaries is coming up. Uh, oh, my
0: God. You know, I love that word, honey. Also,
2: could uh, could we actually be moving closer to a four-day work week? Listen, I'm going to be real honest. I hate working five days a week. I absolutely think it makes no sense. It's not productive. Uh, the science backs this up. However, could it ever happen here in America? There's a new interesting article coming out of The Advocate uh, that is actually advocating for just that, the four-day work week. How are we ever going to get closer to a th- three-day work week if we can't get to a four-day work week first? Am I right?
0: <laughs> am I? Come on. Am I right? Amen. An amen. Well, I would like to say something. Two things. Two of my favorite people are experiencing something incredible right now. Number one, Lisa. I've never met anybody that wakes up and is so incredible. She like, had to help me with something already this morning. Is now eating a McCafe apple pie from McDonald's. She's thriving. Like, it's,
3: she's
0: thriving she's thriving like who wakes up and is just like yeah. I'm going to go into my sweetie meal McDonald's bag mm. and get that McApple pie I saved from yesterday
2: mm. and I'm
0: going to eat it
2: the only thing and that's it would, an I listen the only thing that would make her more of an icon is for you're washing it down with a frozen Coca-Cola drink for just a fifty. a thousand percent <laughs> number
0: two you went to, you sent me an adorable photo last night of your fiance looking so good. He's a little Because you guys a were so cute. I don't know if I, like, I don't want to say anything, but are we allowed to talk about like this recent news? This oh, recent yeah. Day? Are we waiting this week?
2: Sure. Yeah. So uh, we, he took me to dinner last night at Mastro's. Uh, producer Justin's probably crying inside right now hearing me say that out loud. It was a surprise date. I didn't know where we were going. He just said, be ready. We're leaving at six. Emil meal paid, right? Of course he oh, did. Oh, I don't care. Okay. Of course he did. Um. And yeah, our, our, we're officially, officially announcing our podcast today. It launches one week from today. It's called Confess Your Mess ah! uh, with AJ and Emil. We're super excited about it. Their first guests are incredible. Uh, we've got Lacey Mosley from iCarly and Scam Goddess, a super successful podcast with Conan O'Brien. She's our very first guest, along with... The one and only Michaela Gordon from American Idol. <laughs> I mean, top honey. twelve, honey. Let's let's be real. No, your episode. I have to I, say, no, no, I'm not going. I'm not going to let you say anything first. Your episode's hilarious. Your episode is freaking hilarious, and the secrets you reveal are iconic. That's all I'm going to say.
0: I'm so happy. I have to say, I'm just so. We're just going to do this. We're just going to go off the rails for a second. Um, during quarantine, a lot of people. Uh, we're coming up with these really, really great ideas, and you guys came up with this incredible idea that started on Instagram that is now going into podcast form. Many have tried, many will never succeed because your idea is original and it is iconic. And the secrets that people share are freaky;
2: oh, they're wild. Uh, I think in a couple of weeks we're launching an episode with Nick Vile from the Vile Files and from The Bachelor. Yeah, and uh, he's he's fun. Like he gets into some conversations about gay sex. From the perspective of a straight man, uh, and his perspective might shock you. He's pretty, pretty open about a whole lot of stuff. Uh, it's a lot, a lot of fun, uh, but we're super, we're just super excited. We, we, we can't wait to get this thing rolling. Uh, so yeah, he took me out to dinner last night, and then he also gave me a card, a congratulations card, and wrote me like the most thoughtful note, and then wrote happy belated birthday on the outside, because he never got me a birthday card in July, and he knew, oh. I, he knew I was mad. <laughs>
0: Okay, it's okay. That's okay. We're we're trying we're we're all doing better this year.
2: Yeah, but thank you for the shine. I appreciate it. Right now it's your time to yes. shine, though. It's news on the beat.
0: Alright, well we'll get through it quickly. The board of the Newburgh, Oregon School District has voted to ban Pride and Black Lives Matter flags as well as any political signs, clothing and other items. The ban will only apply to district staff and faculty, not to students. The board voted 4-3 to three in favor of the ban. The board also created a three-member policy committee to define what messages and images might constitute a political speech. District Superintendent Joe Morlock has said that district lawyers will examine the ban's free, spree- free speech implications before it officially instated, so for now, it is just for staff, but we'll continue talking about that more in uh, next hour's News on the Beat. Let's get into a little bit of weather. Summer's here, it's clear, it's brought to you by McDonald's, a high of 81 in LA today, 95 in Vegas, 99 in Palm Springs, 91 in Houston, and 88 in Miami. Now head on over to McDonald's if you're anything like Lisa, maybe you want an apple pie, or you can get a frozen Coca-Cola drink for just a dollar fifty. Sounds delicious. Uh, and quite refreshing. Now, if you could give us a vibe of ginger.
2: You will be defined not just by what you achieve, by ha- but by how you survive.
0: Ooh, I learned a lesson yesterday that we want to start living, not surviving. Amen. I thought that was pretty cool. All right, well, coming up, am I the a-hole? Find out what a groom did uh, with his engagement party guest. Coming
4: up. <laughs>
2: Right, it's time for another round of am i the a-hole and i can relate to this because as my wedding gets closer and closer figuring out the wedding list and, and what family gets invited and what family doesn't get invited it's getting complicated my mom reaches out she says hey so and so wants to be there is there room i say no they're not really that close to us but also they can come to the resort if they want to because it's a destination wedding and literally everybody can be there. They just can't come to our wedding. Yeah. And it it, it brings up all sorts of weird feelings uh, when your own family's asking you to make exceptions for people when you don't want to make room for them. Or my mom's asking me if certain friends can come and then my partner's like, what? Why, why would your mom's friends come to our wedding? Um, but these are people that I've known my whole life. So lots of things. It's a learning process, uh, planning a wedding, just a heads up. Uh, Michaela, I know you're probably going to go the, the simple route and just avoid all of the chaos, uh, <laughs> but my, my fiancé very much is not doing that. He wants all the bells and whistles, uh, and so does this couple on Reddit, uh, and this groom is asking him, I, the a-hole, here's why. He said, last week we had our engagement party. I didn't want my dad or my brother there, but my mom told me to let them come since my fiancé would notice I didn't invite them and ask questions about that. I decided to invite them after my mom promised they'd remain civil and respectful. My family arrived together. My dad remained quiet and then started talking with other guests. So things were going pretty well. When dinner arrived, my brother sat with us at the table asking how much money I, quote, lost to make this dinner happen. Then how much my fiance contributed, quote, at all. My fiance and I were talking about her engagement ring, and my brother randomly started singing, I ain't ain't saying she's a gold digger. Oh, Kanye. My fiance yeah my fiance and her mom stared at him and then he stopped I gave him a look as a warning for him to knock it off well it continues Michaela it gets a little bit worse then he goes like the brother fully crosses the line says, I get up from my seat to make a toast and my brother interrupted me loudly coughing prenup and everyone heard him and stared awkwardly I was livid I put my drink down asked him to see me outside I had an argument with him told him to leave he acted dumb about it and he left mom got involved Uh, dad got involved the brother called him nuts and the brother apparently started crying Uh, and then the mom came to him and says why would you do that you shouldn't have done that to your brother uh, or to your father and now the mom's mad at him who's the a-hole the groom the brother or the mom by the way just for context the brother is his older brother he's 37 years old and divorced
0: I mean, I think it's pretty obvious. I feel like I always go on this side that like, I don't believe blood is thicker than water. I don't feel like you need to be loyal to your family if your family is disrespectful. And his brother's out of line. That's very embarrassing for the bride. Even if she is a gold digger, that's an agreement that the fiance has already made with her. And it's none of the brother's business. Um, But also, if she doesn't make as much money and he does do better than she does Also doesn't qualify as a gold digger. I think he stepped outside to have a conversation. It didn't go well, so he kicked him out. And like, I get it. The mom wants peace. But the mom needs to understand that like, this is his wedding. This is about the bride and the groom. And if they don't want to follow the rules, they don't get to be at the wedding. It's very simple to me.
2: Okay, so I am gonna I'm gonna I co-sign that because I do agree the brothers the a-hole, but I'm gonna say on this situation there's actually two a-holes. Okay, I think the the other a-hole is the mom. Yeah, totally. For and I, I understand what she's trying to do, but she has grown kids. Her older son is 37 years old. You're not asking your younger son to make an exception for your husband and brother if they're complete a-holes. If they've shown you time and time again, and clearly they have, or there wouldn't have been an issue leading up to this date, uh, that they're just not capable of being adult humans, why would she press her son? Like, And that's the thing. And that's where oftentimes building those new boundaries with parents is so difficult because my mom has been problematic AF in the past. And she still is. To be fair i mean sometimes she is and and we've adjusted our relationship but she sometimes has expectations or says things to me without even meaning to usually about my, my little sister my sister and i have an on again off again relationship we had for years we're very much off again right now and and i don't see that ever changing at this point my mom still wants us to work it out and she knows that that the only way for that to ever happen is to sort of plant that seed in my mind because i'm the peacekeeper I'm the one in the family that always reaches out. I'm the one that smooths things over um, because it's also always assumed that because I think because maybe I'm older or I live and work in Hollywood that I'm generally the a-hole. I think that's the assumption by a lot of people. Um, so, so I think the mom's problematic here as well.
0: Yeah, I think the mom's problematic. <clears throat> I think the dad's problematic. And I think that it's just really important. Lisa said it to me best one time. She said, you're always going to have your first family. But... At some point when you do get married and you have children, that does become your immediate family. That's who you're with day to day. That's who you now spend your time with and you're building and growing a family. And you have to make sure that you are constantly communicating and connecting because at the end of the day, your mom and dad will go on and get married. Your brother and sister, they'll get married and they'll have their own families. And then you have created your own immediate family. So you have to really take care of that. I've always thought about that. And I think that he did a good job kicking them out. Don't come back.
2: Yes. Also, that's sexy. You Like, if you're getting married, you want to know that your man is putting you first.
0: Yes. Yeah, stand by your man. Wow. Okay, I don't know why I went there, but I felt like that song felt appropriate. Coming up, man gets banned from Grinder for impersonating himself. This is a very me story, and I'm really excited to tell it coming up. <laughs>
2: All right, so this story is pretty wild. We've heard some uh, impressive stories about people impersonating others on social media uh, and and what sort of trouble that can get them into. Have you ever had anybody impersonate you and you've had to uh, report an account, Michaela? I wish. Wait, you never have?
0: I mean, I have on social media, but no, nothing you... to the extent of like this.
2: Okay, but you had a girl recently that was following you that's super obsessed with you that had an account about you, but then you also, like, let her low-key become the head of your fan club?
0: Well, that's because it got dark, okay? She was, like, a 16-year-old in Brazil, and she was like, you better let me be the head of your fan club. And I was like, she's 16 in Brazil. What's the worst that could happen? And then it got dark. (laughs) And I was like, oh, my God, why are these my kind of fans? Why can't they just be normal?
2: (laughs) Mikayla, she's probably
3: listening right
2: now. Yeah, she probably is totally hey, listening to Hey, us.
0: honey, I'll, I'll return your DM soon. I had a block her,
2: honestly. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, one star of the Great British Bake Off, uh, one of the alumni, has now been banned from Grindr for impersonating someone. Uh, this is Michael uh, Tracraverte. uh Let's listen to him. This is a bit of his, uh, audio from his YouTube series.
3: Hi, everyone. It's Michael here from the Great British Bake Off. But today, I'm a guy making a pie. We're going to be trying out some pumpkin pies today. Cause I know that's the iconic Thanksgiving dessert.
2: Okay. So this guy finished sixth in season 10, a couple years ago, back in 2019. Uh, the great British bake off is a huge, wildly successful show around the globe. It's available on Netflix. If you haven't checked it out, go do it. It's fun. Um, so you might ask yourself, this guy's got some level of notoriety, some level of fame. He's an expert at something, right? Uh, so why would somebody from a successful TV show impersonate somebody on Grinder? Well here's the twist. He was impersonating himself.
0: Huh? I mean that's kind what? of iconic. <laughs> the the idea well, of where the story is going is <laughs> iconic to me.
2: According to Grinder, so Grinder like deactivated this account, reached out and said, "Listen, you've been reported for impersonating this guy uh, who's famous, and we need to deactivate your account because that's no bueno." And he was like, um, "I'm just trying to get off, basically, uh, and uh, do what I do on Grinder, and and I'm actually me. Like it's it's me. I this interesting. This is happening because I literally just saw yesterday on Facebook. I went to comment." Um, on a little restaurant from my hometown that a an old friend of mine opened up recently. It's doing very well. Uh, there's like their photos on social media are fantastic. I want to go, I'm going there next weekend to see my family who I've not seen in the year and a half. I need some time with my mom. Right. And so I commented and said, Hey, we're going to have to stop in. Cause my fiance Emil is going to go with me. So we're gonna have to stop in while we're home. This is fantastic. When I did that, I saw that there was a message from Facebook to me to my business account, my professional account, uh, like my AJ Gibson, like fan page, uh, saying that I'd been reported for not actually being me. Oh. And that I had to follow up with Facebook to clarify. Uh, and I was like, wait, what? Like who, who reports me for not being me? Like who tells Facebook or Grindr or whoever? that I'm not me. And I have had people copying me before. I had a guy in Turkey one time who was <clears> putting up my post pretty quickly after I would post something, he would post the exact same thing and pretend he was me. And I think he only had like 70 followers, so it kind of hurt my feelings, to be honest. Um, but, not cool. I know, like, well listen, already-
0: this story happens a lot. Andy Cohen said in 2018, he was trying to go on Grindr and they wouldn't let him on because they said the photos don't meet their guidelines. And he was like... But they're my photos. They're of right. me. But I feel like um, what the most iconic thing is is the fact that he's just like I. I literally just want to experience like getting off. Like, can I just? What do I do? Like, what do I do? <laughs> do I just?
2: You know, impersonate- Bob the drag queen. You know, back in 2016, Bob the drag queen uh, was also banned from Grindr for impersonating Bob the drag queen. <laughs> I'm like, poor Bob. Like, you're on, you are you know, you're in this random town in Texas doing a show probably for a weekend. And you want to get on to Grinder for Saturday night or, a, or you know, Friday night or whatever. And you can't even do what Grinder is built to do.
0: But also, like, it, the fact that Grindr's trying to have standards. Like, you're Grindr. Right, okay. Right. Like, we all know what you, okay. Oh, all of a sudden, right. you're protecting the people. Like, yes. give me everything. Like, eb-
2: People all over grinder like put super offensive things up all the time. Like they're not into black men or they're not into Asians or they're not into whatever. And that's always been allowed. But this is too far. Like being yourself is too far? Come well, on. I
1: think
0: it's so funny because somebody that we know is like a D-list celebrity and um he's on Grinder too and he's like, Oh god, I know. Just people like are always like, Are you that guy? And then I'm like, I think it's.
2: it's, I I, want to say, listen, I want to say his name so bad right uh, now. But but
0: don't. But just don't. And so he's like, (laughs) but then in his bio, it says every credit he's ever done. And I'm like, honey, you want him to know that. Like, you want people to think you're that guy.
2: Ain't nobody care about the touring company of Broadway's rent 12 years ago. Ain't nobody care.
0: Oh, my
5: God. Honey, I'm just saying. I'm
0: just saying. X <laughs> is performing uh, for Christmas, and we are going to talk about it. Not Christmas, the VMAs, but VMA looked very similar to XMA, which symbolizes Christmas to me. And clearly, I'm looking for a candy cane or such. So we'll talk about it next And what's popping.
6: Hey, Mel, Bri here. Got to work from home today because the whole family caught a nasty. Daddy. Hey, Mikey, if you're going to puke, find the popcorn bowl.
2: You're listening to The Morning Beat. Thank you so much for joining us. It's almost time for our first round of What's Poppin'. I do want to remind you a little bit later on in the show, we're going to be joined by uh, Dr. Milo Dodson. Uh, It is time for Therapy Thursdays. He's going to be joining us at 9.20 Pacific, uh, 12.20 Eastern Time uh, to talk about this idea of pedestaling. We briefly touched on it the other day. Uh, this idea of putting uh, your partner on a pedestal as if uh, they're better than you or you don't deserve them, you're not worthy of them. How damaging could that be? Not just to your relationship or to uh, to yourself, but also to your partner. Uh, it's no way to be in a relationship. And he's going to tell us why a little bit later on. Uh, so if you need a little therapy, we've got you covered today, free of charge. It's on us. Uh, right now it is time for what's popping. Michaela, what do you have?
0: Uh, So Little Nas X is back in the news and um, he'll be performing his new hit single, Industry Baby, Sunday, September 12th um, at MTV's VMAs. I can't wait to see it. I can't wait to see what he does. He's been pushing the limits. He's been normalizing black queer men and kissing on television and just creating such important conversation. And uh, I can't wait. I mean, the last time I think he was on live TV, he ripped his leather pants on live TV and could st- could not stop. So the way that he recovered was so hot and so iconic. That was on SNL, and, uh, right?
2: When he's performing Montero. Yes, yeah. Yes. Well, it also turns out that the same, uh, the guy who, uh, he also performed the BET Awards and had the sexy kiss. Uh, but the same guy that he's kissed now twice he kissed on SNL and the BET Awards apparently uh, is one of those dancers from Brazil rumor has it that's the love of his life and he said he's the one so it's this, oh my god I love he's kissing the same guy every time turns out they're together they look hot so I mean it makes sense um, yeah, yeah but like,
0: I can't wait to watch
2: it's interesting because listen like I, I, we forget sometimes that we are like in queer culture right like we live it we you know breathe it we, we go to the Abbey we, we do this show like we're I love how the abbeys like the the BL end all but like we're in the culture right you go to Dinosaur when things are normal like we have like our people and we forget sometimes that the outside world maybe has not seen two black men make out before maybe they've never seen two black men grind on each other before I've seen it at the club a million times do you know what I mean when I was -hmm. when I lived in New York City we used to go down to Christopher Street and uh, that's where that's the area that was popping and that's where all, all the brothers were who were you know doing exactly what Lil Nas X is doing just they were doing it behind closed doors
0: I mean, I literally grew up with Todrick, so this is right. like not shocking at all. And also, low but key. But I guess I see that. Also,
2: low key props. And of course, Todrick owes some of his you know, success to RuPaul and to Billy Porter, of course, in some ways. But Todrick really has been a trailblazer in a way that Lil Nas X is now sort of on, you know, standing on Todrick's shoulders and taking it to a Probably. different, a different audience. So, kudos to him. I love Lil Nas X. I think he's so great.
0: Same, honey. All right. Well, coming up in the next hour, we finally see a four-day work week. We're going to discuss the importance and why it's really surrounding our mental health. Coming up next.
2: Coming up this hour on The Morning Beat, there's a new push for a four-day work week. Uh, the pandemic has changed so much. Uh, could that become reality here in the United States? Other countries have tried it to great success. And uh, I've, I've got to say, and we'll let you know right now, I'm all in on a four-day work week
0: i'm all in
2: in. listen if this pandemic has taught us anything it's that uh, that we have one life and even if you love your job like absolutely adore your job to spend five days out of seven stuck at work is just not conducive to a happy life And we see it coming up time and time again in Americans. Uh, Mental health affects physical health. Um, And one legislator here in this country is trying to make it happen. Uh, We're going to be talking about that in about 15 minutes from right now. Um, I hope our boss is listening. Do you think he's listening? Hey, hey, Brian, we want a four-day work week. No, no,
0: no. This would apply to only everybody else, but not us.
2: (laughs) Oh, yeah, because we still have to do what we do Do so apparently i'm going to go apply at a factory somewhere so i can work four days if this goes through (laughs) um (laughs) right now it's time for no shade to factory workers my entire family are factory workers and they they earn honest livings and they're fantastic people uh but right now it's time for news on the beat what do you have for us
0: Okay, so countries are still racing to evacuate their citizens from Afghanistan and potentially accommodate an influx of Afghan refugees fleeing Taliban rule. Air carriers from the U.S., Pakistan, and other countries have helped fly hundreds of people to safety. Desperate Afghans and their families are still crowding the airport in the capital city of Kabul, and 12 people have been killed there in the chaos following the city's fall to the Taliban. Driving the desperation is a fear of what life will be like under renewed Taliban rule. Though the Taliban has tried to present an image that's more progressive and restrained than before. The group repressed millions during its rule from 96 to 2001, and violent punishments were common. Meanwhile, President Joe Biden's decisions regarding the chaotic U.S. troop withdrawal in Afghanistan uh, Afghanistan are under mounting scrutiny. Now, in other news, U.S. COVID-19 hospitalization rates have now hit record highs for all age groups under 50. The most affected groups are people 30 to 39 and children under 18. Hospitalizations for both of these groups are 30% above their previous peak. According to the CDC data, overall hospitalization numbers are climbing but are still below the U.S. worst pandemic moments this January. However, at this rate, experts predict we could surpass even those grim statistics within a month. The Biden administration has announced that COVID-19 vaccine booster shots will be offered to eligible Americans beginning September 20th, subject to authorization from the FDA. While these shots apply to the Moderna and Pfizer biotech vaccines, Uh, the US Surgeon General has said those who got the single dose Johnson & Johnson vaccine will likely also need another dose. Now, in gay news, the board of the Newburgh Oregon School District has voted to ban Pride and Black Lives Matter flags, as well as any political signs, clothing, and other items. The ban will only apply to district staff and faculty, not to students. On Tuesday, the board voted 4-3 to three in favor of the ban. The board also created a three-member policy committee to define what messages and images might constitute a political speech. District Superintendent Joe Morlock has said that district lawyers will examine the ban's free speech implications before it's officially instated. In June 2020, uh, the ODE published a successful plan for LGBTQ students. The plan sought to increase LGBTQ inclusivity and attendance while reducing anti-LGBTQ bullying, harassment and assaults. Some of the ODE's recommendations include LGBTQ cultural training for all faculty, as well as the use of gender neutral restrooms. However, then later on in October of 2020, it was signed by several statewide educators organizations expressing support for BLM, BLM symbols in classrooms and anti-racist education. However, they have now gone back to removing it all as far as staff goes.
2: Why? Think about that. Just think about that. A pride flag, a BLM flag. Like, it's controversial in America in 2021 to say that equality is okay and that black lives matter. Those are controversial.
0: Yeah, I know. It's,
2: if, you're, if you're a person of color or a queer person, how you go to sleep at night is beyond me. And I am a queer person. And it's just, it's just disheartening.
0: Yeah, I know. I feel so bad, especially for my mixed... Nieces and nephews that you'll bring into this world, I will be going to every school with my BLM shirts on. Thank you. Okay, let's get into a little weather. It's gonna, uh, Summer's Here, It's Queer, it's brought to you by McDonald's. It's gonna be a high of 66 in San Francisco, uh, 97 in Phoenix, a high of 75 in Seattle, 82 in Buffalo, 88 in St. Louis, and 99 in Cathedral City. Now, if you run past a McDonald's, go ahead and stop to get a frozen Coca-Cola drink for just $1. fifty to help quench your thirst. Now, give us a vibe of the day, babe.
2: You will be defined not just by what you achieve, but by how you survive.
0: Woo, that's a good one. All right, coming up. Can we continue surviving a five-day work week, or are we finally pushing to four days? I mean, probably not us, but other people, and we'll talk about it coming up
3: next.
2: Come on, lover boy, working for the weekend. I love this song. Iconic. Came out 40 years ago, if you can believe that.
0: Mm, oh, my God.
2: 81. You weren't even a baby yet. I was. Uh-uh. I was, I was hanging
0: out. Oh, you yeah. were real cute. I know that little <laughs> face here, with all cheekies. a
2: all chubby cheeks. Uh, the song, though, has a new meaning right now as our own representative, uh, Mark Takano, here in uh, California, uh, part of the U.S. Congress, uh, is running for re-election in 2022. And one of, his, uh, one of the bills he's sponsoring uh, and something he's campaigning on is the idea of a four-day work week, Right. Uh, and this has been something that's been gaining some steam globally. Other countries have already adopted it uh, to great success. And, you know, we're talking about a 32-hour work week and still paying employees, though, for 40. There wouldn't be a reduction in salaries. There wouldn't be a reduction in pay, uh, just a reduction in hours required. And he's saying, listen, we've come to the time in our history, he says it's well past time that Americans have more time to live their lives and not just work. I don't know if this is the solution. I think it is. I think a five-day work week with the technology and the advances we have now, especially the ones that were fast-forwarded due to COVID, uh, we don't need a five-day work week. You can get a hold of people all day, every day, no matter where they are in the world, in two seconds, right? So if there's something that's so pressing that would happen to happen on, I guess, a Friday, it can still be addressed. You don't need to be on an eight-hour workday to address it, though. And also, and also, what's happened in our country is that you leave the office or you leave the job or whatever it is, and with your cell phone in your pocket, you're constantly replying to emails. You're constantly replying to coworkers. You don't actually ever disconnect, even on the weekends for many people. That's why that song was a little bit foreshadowing, you know, forty years ago, uh, working on the weekend, like working for the weekend, like that's it's it's what we do as Americans, and and this was, I guess. Never more clear than when I went to Europe last month. In Europe, we talked about this. They start off with six weeks of paid vacation, just starting off, right? And if you get married, you get a bonus two weeks for your wedding. If you if you have a baby, you get a couple of months off. <clears throat> the man and the woman, no questions asked.
0: Yeah. Well, yet I hear. Think...
2: Yeah, mm-hmm. but yet here we're made to feel like bad if we take a vacation.
0: Yeah. I, I mean, I will say, I'm never going to stop saying this. I'm going to write a book called What My Therapist Said. My therapist told me, um, you know, I used to get very, very frustrated. I'm a person who does not like to be told what to do. It's not because I'm a brat. I just don't like to do things that don't make sense. And things yeah. uh, when they don't make sense or they feel like they're not logical or they feel like dated It frustrates me and my frustration used to turn into like lashing out because I was like, I feel like I'm not being heard and I feel like this doesn't make sense. And really what it is, and I think a lot of people are, are understanding is we're fighting with other people who are like, well, that's just the way that we do it. Well, but that's not, that's not an answer. Like that's actually not an answer anymore. Yeah. And I feel like we have to empower people to speak up, to make a change, because when you force people to do things they don't want to do for reasons that don't make sense, you're actually losing an employee because the employee is just checked out, Chacked honey. Out.
2: Well, we have shows here, a part of our cluster. Like, listen, we're part of the Odyssey family and we have, we have all different stations here. You know, we have KNX and we have K-Earth and The Wave and, and, you know, Now Radio and K-Rock and, and some of those shows, some of those DJs, those hosts have been home this entire pandemic and their ratings are fine. Sometimes the ratings are even better than they were. And because it's nice that we have all these studios here, but our listeners wouldn't know. Their listeners don't know unless they know. They sound great. The technology is different. You don't need to be in a studio necessarily all day, every day. My podcast audio sounds incredible. We record it from my guest room at home on a couch with our dog sitting next to us. And that brings us joy. Do you know what I mean? So things are different now than they used to be. And I think also it's this—it's a generational shift. It's Because it, many of our bosses, to be fair, have been doing it a certain way for a long time. And that's fine. And it worked. But this pandemic is a gift. If you don't understand the gift in it, you're going to miss the moment. And I think part of that gift is things can be done differently. We don't have to just kill ourselves constantly. You know, when I was in Barcelona, I was blown away. I've always heard of this. But midday, everybody shuts down.
0: I love it. shut down for a couple hours
2: for a siesta. They literally shut down so they can mentally shut down and enjoy their lives. And... It's just commonplace. It's actually, it's, it's it's like, it's applauded there. It's celebrated. It's part of their culture. And what is American culture? Work till you die? Genuinely.
0: Uh, this is so funny because as we're talking, this just popped up on my phone and it's the vibe of the day, which is your always vibe of the day. But I'm just going to say it as we're having this conversation, it said, for today, take care of your mind. Your mental health is important. You deserve peace. Breathe and release anything you're overthinking. Be in the moment and surrender. And yes. I think that's just so important. I, I feel like.
2: Yep. I feel like lot. oftentimes. It's a lot. And I feel like the generation before us, the the like every generation before us, like the idea of like mental health is like, oh, great. That's a luxury. Wonderful. Like, no, it's not. It's not. It's a necessity, actually. And our generation is is getting the freedom to understand that through social media and through other, you know, experiences. And I'm all for this. Like, I don't know what district this guy represents, (laughs) Mark Takano. He is in California. Get him on the show. Get this icon on the show. But also, also, he is the first uh, uh, out gay person of color to be elected to Congress. So it takes somebody who's, you know, had a different experience to even bring forth an idea like this in our country, apparently. And I support it. I love it. I'm going to move it. wherever he lives so I can vote for him.
3: Same. So Mark DeCano uh, represents Riverside, Paris, Moreno Valley, very close to, close to us. Coachella Valley. Coachella, yes. Get him. Get him.
2: I love it. I'm here All for it.
0: I
3: am too.
2: Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friend at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your
1: podcast. You'll be glad you did
2: all right so i'm gonna be honest with you michaela gordon you know i'm still a renter we're we've got our account put aside for our money for our our house uh there are a lot of really great programs for first-time home buyers here in california so we will get into a home here in the next couple of years um but i've lived in my current apartment for gosh 10 years now and when i do decide to move out i'm never getting a penny back from my deposit not gonna happen <laughs> never. also Also, I've never gotten a deposit back in my entire life, to be honest. (laughs) So, but apparently I'm not alone on that because uh, one student who lived in an apartment uh, going to school said that her landlord did not give her deposit back, not because she painted the walls or broke an appliance, but because she left a single pee in a freezer. What? What? Her landlord said, "Nope." Said, "Clean it out." You didn't clean it properly. You're not getting your your deposit back. One single, oh, frozen, no. one single frozen pee, which led to a whole stream of people sharing on TikTok all the absurd things. Uh, that have not gotten them a deposit back. Somebody left a bottle of Febreze in the corner of one of their bedrooms that was fully clean, didn't get a deposit back. Um, Somebody had a dehumidifier in there that that had been running. They forgot to pick it up, didn't get their deposit back. That's insane to me. That's crazy to me. You know know what I've done? I'll tell you. Since I moved into this apartment, I've replaced the carpet in the entire place, the tiling in the kitchen and both bathrooms. I put up a backsplash. Painted every single wall in the entire home, including the ceiling. I've wallpapered three or four walls in my home, replaced the light fixtures in all the bathrooms, and also all of the outlets have been replaced. All the plates are different. Literally, almost nothing is the same. And I kept all the old stuff that I could. I replaced the blinds. I didn't like them, so I put wood slap blinds up instead of the plastic ones they had. All this stuff is in a box in my storage unit in the basement. Should they want to replace it? Or maybe I'll put it up before I leave. I don't know. Uh, The bedroom lights, all replaced. I've changed everything. You want to know why? Why? I don't care. I don't want my deposit. It's like, in my brain, it's like, okay, here's your $1,000 deposit, and I'm going to live here for 10 years. I don't need that money. I don't yeah. want the money back. I, it's not money that I, I'm I can, I'm struggling not to have. I'd rather be happy and comfortable in my space. But if somebody tried to tell me I didn't get a deposit back over a pee in a freezer, I might blow a gasket.
0: Well, I'm going to tell you a totally different side of the story. So I've actually always gotten my deposit back, thankfully. And how I don't know, there was one incident where I didn't get the full deposit back because I spilled red paint on the white carpet Um, because I insisted on
2: (laughs) cleaning it up (laughs) with
0: a But I will say, so Lisa is a homeowner, and Lisa so lovingly, I'm going to start saying this as well. She always says, no, we're homeowners. We've been together. You also now own a home. And I always feel so special when she says that. So we own a home, but she did all the work. But she uh, rented out, you know the story, last year she had renters and uh, they became squatters. And when it came time, to go into the house to clean it, it was not a pee left in the freezer. It was disgusting. It was, <laughs> she had to replace everything. So I understand wanting to uh, keep the deposit if it's like super, super filthy. But if it's a pee, I think that's ridiculous. But there's a lot of ways that you can um, ensure that that doesn't happen to you. Things that I didn't know before, like taking pictures or video before you move in to any new place. Do you do that?
2: yes and then you, you know what do? i do with them yeah and then I you delete them i know i have no idea they, i, <laughs> I, no I live there for 10 years i don't think i had a phone when i moved there i don't even know if i, like, I you literally out lived ago?
0: there for yeah. so long
2: yeah well I, I yeah i think i did just get a phone around that time probably a decade ago iphone like two or three maybe um i have no idea where those photos are i wouldn't even know where to look for them uh, but yeah i, I i'm gonna listen if I were renting from like a landlord like Lisa, who maybe has one or two properties, it's also a different a different situation. I think there's a conversation. I'm like, Lisa, hey, I want to paint. I want to retile. Can I do this? And I, and that I think is a different conversation because if you're going to upgrade and then also let, that's going to benefit the landlord, right? I have friends who, who have landlords who have a couple of properties and my buddy Yvonne has been upgrading that place ever since he moved in. And that's a different conversation. I live in a place with 13,000 residents. And every single unit is different because they're constantly... Some people have lived there for 40-plus years. Some people have moved there for six months. And so not every single unit is completely consistent. So I don't even think they would even notice if the light fixtures were changed. They might thought, oh, well, maybe that year they put these lights in. You know what I mean? But, yeah. And I, and I also, I don't care. I've lived there for so long and it's such a large complex that I'm not worried about them like having to do the work to change it because they have a whole team who does that every day anyways. If I were renting from Lisa... I would have to give her a phone call and say, hey, do you think I could do these things? If yeah. Not, what are you okay with? You know what I mean? But a pee in a freezer?
0: Please. Never- That's so crazy. Well, you just got to protect yourself. And when you do move, obviously, you want to patch holes. Paint if you repainted. Fix any damages you caused. But really just get proof and read your lease, I think, is the best way to do it. And then uh, demand a final walkthrough with the landlord. Because I think that... Um, it helps to see what they're seeing too. Like if that were a pee, I would just throw the pee in the trash and be like, okay, we're done here. Give me my money.
2: You little psycho. I'm not walking through with anybody. I'm running out of there screaming when I buy my first house.
0: (laughs) I love that for you. All right, well coming up, uh, we're talking about Drag Race uh, UK season three. We're meeting the drag queens, but huge news when it comes to cis women. It's me. I'm the drag queen, and we're going to talk about it next.
2: Welcome back to The Morning Beat. It's almost time for another round of What's Poppin', uh, and we're going to take you across the pond as uh, the RuPaul's Drag Race UK edition is making her story. but Michaela has those details for you in just a moment. Right now, I do want to invite you to download our podcast. Uh, If you can't listen to us in real time, don't worry. You can listen to us whenever you want uh, by downloading the Odyssey app at odyssey.com. That is A-U-D-A-C-Y.com. Tell your friends and family. We'd appreciate it. Uh, Michaela Gordon, what's popping?
0: Okay, so this is story in the Making. We're meeting the queens of Drag Race UK Season 3. And they all look really fabulous. I'm excited for all of them. But the one that's really standing out is Victoria Scone. And I'm going to let her tell you why.
5: My name is Victoria Scone. And I'm Cardiff's camp cabaret disco diva. Huh? <laughs> Here I am making Drag Race history. Some people want to put a label on it and call me an AFAB drag queen, which stands for assigned female at birth. But I am just a drag queen. Drag is for everyone, and I'm here to show you how.
0: Wow, that's a big deal. We've been wondering if that was going to happen. And I think it's really great. I think that once they started letting... Um, beautiful trans women compete and, and then, you know, trans men. I think it ultimately was going to have to uh, open, you know, the doors to cis women. And I think it's really great. She says she's a diva with a lot of spunk. 27 years old only. That's a big deal.
2: Yeah, I mean, I thought it was a huge deal when they, uh, when because this has not been the case at RuPaul's Drag Race for many, many, many years. And then when they allowed, got Mick to compete as the first trans man on the show. Uh, and then uh, this season we have Kylie Sonique Love uh, as the as one of the first uh, trans women on the show. And there's another trans uh, queen, I believe, this year on the show too. I can't remember who it was.
3: Uh, a jiggling Caliente.
2: Oh yeah. Wait, was she was she on this season? Yeah, she was gone of early. All stars. Yeah, she, she was, was gone, second, yeah, second or third yeah. eliminated. Very early. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I, this listen, I love, I love the idea that drag is for everyone.
0: Yeah. Here's
2: my, here's my fear. Trans men, trans women—that's one thing. Cis women, to me, is a different ball game, because I don't know that I don't know the drag is for everyone. It might be for everyone to enjoy, and I'm okay with that. But I think it loses something special when it's also for everyone to participate in. You know, drag is is a form of a political sort of statement, uh, an expression of love for our community, and I just don't know how I feel about cis women uh, becoming drag queens. That might take a bit for me.
0: Yeah, for me, I don't agree. I think cis women uh, should be celebrated. I think that, you know, if gay men can do it, and some gay men literally just do drag to look like a clown, other gay men do it to look like a woman, and they enhance all of their features. And so why can't a cis woman play in the same space okay
2: uh, then here's my question then yeah because i do know and i'm gonna i'm gonna gonna challenge you a bit on this yeah Because I, i know as as i feel you also don't like the idea of all these cis women celebrating their engagements and bridal parties at the abbey right because we're losing our spaces right so then if drag race is open to now everyone do we have Do we have a need for it anymore? And does that correlate to our gay bar scene? Should we not have lesbian bars or gay bars anymore either? Should they all just be open to everyone? Because that's kind of how I see this going.
0: Well, I think that it's not a, a bachelorette party we're talking about. We're just talking about art. And I think that art should always be celebrated amongst many communities. And I think that it's been really great having RuPaul bring drag race into so many cis heterosexual homes including Lisa's sister-in-law who who like is so straight laced, obsessed with drag race. Yeah. I think it's a way to really bring people together because ultimately that's the point. We can all so, live so, in one space.
2: So if we fast forward say 10 years and season 40 of RuPaul's Drag Race is all cis straight women we're okay with that?
0: No, but that's not the point and that won't happen. We're looking for diversity and I yeah. think that's Maybe will make yeah, sure to cast th- that.
2: Yeah, that's that's just kind of where my mind goes, and that's kind of how I start to think about it. And I, and I and I don't want, I don't want the art form, you know. because To me, it's kind of like I don't think it's right for white women to get their hair and dreads or men. That's cultural appropriation. That's for their community, and it's kind of how I feel about this. There are certain well, things but that okay, are like,
0: but hold on, because so let me say this then. So you think it's okay for gay men to dress up? like women and enhance their features and not the ones that want to be clown drag, the ones that really want to be like queens, but then women, cis women don't get the same lane to be who they act, who they actually are?
2: Yeah, I, that's exactly what I'm saying. I think that straight women already get that luxury to do it. And the reason that gay men started doing this sort of drag anyways uh, in these safe spaces, in the safe drag spaces, was because they couldn't do it in the real world and cis women can But cis women
0: actually can't. We're sexualized, whereas this is, like, looked at as art. Women can't walk around in, quote-unquote, drag. I mean, we're maybe
2: sexualize so listen, it
7: brings the power back this
2: conversation I, I i just i'm not a woman but i also just don't see it that way but i yeah, think no. also maybe we bring on a drag queen maybe we bring on somebody to have this conversation because i just i think there are certain things that are for certain communities that aren't for everybody um and i think that needs to be respected and i think that cis straight women is one step too far for me only for me i'm not a drag queen what do i know
0: yeah, I just think as a woman, I would love to continue the conversation, too, because I feel like gay men get to dress up like women. And it's funny. And unless you're like character like Dolly Parton, we've often been totally mislabeled and can't dress how we want. I think it's a nice place to show the the art form. But let's keep talking about it. It's a good conversation. And that's what we're here for. Now, coming up in our next hour, we are going to um, have a discussion about an ironic pronoun gaining popularity Do you agree? We'll discuss coming up
2: next. Welcome back to The Morning Beat. Thank you so much for joining us. We're coming in hot today. It's a fantastic hour coming up. Um, uh, This is interesting, though. Uh, Some youth uh, from our community are now embracing a non-binary pronoun that uh, might take a moment to wrap your brain around. It feels offensive to some. Uh, some are saying, this is who I am. Uh, we've got some audio for you later. And we're also going to share our thoughts uh, and, and let you decide for yourself if this new uh, set of pronouns makes sense uh, or if it's problematic uh, as we continue to evolve and grow as human beings here on The Morning Beat. Also, in our final hour at 9.20 Pacific, 12.20 Eastern, our uh, in-house therapist Milo, Doctor Milo Dodson is going to be joining us uh, for Therapy Thursdays to have a conversation uh, about this idea of pedestaling. We talked about it the other day. We thought we'd bring it uh, into this conversation for some therapy. Uh, it's free therapy. We're not going to charge you a penny, uh, so you're welcome in advance. Uh, but the idea of pedestaling is that you put your partner or you put others on a pedestal, and it has a negative impact on you. Uh, the, the idea that maybe somebody's too good for you, uh, and you're grateful to be in the relationship because you know you don't deserve them. Uh, it's It's not good for you. It's not good for your partner. It's not good for your relationships. Uh, Dr. Milo is going to tell you why uh, in our final hour right now, though, it's time for news on the beat. Michaela, what do you have for us?
0: All right, level U.S. COVID-19 hospitalization rates have now hit record highs for all age groups under 50. The most affected group are people 30 to 39 and children under 18. Hospitalizations for both of these groups are 30% above their previous peak, according to the CDC data. Overall, hospitalization numbers are climbing, but are still below the U.S. um, worst pandemic moments this January. However, at this rate, experts predict we could surpass even those grim statistics within a month. The Biden administration has announced that COVID-19 vaccine booster shots will be offered to eligible Americans beginning September 20th, subject to authorization uh, from the FDA. While these shots apply to the Moderna and Pfizer vaccines, the U.S. surgeon general has said those who got the single dose of Johnson & Johnson vaccine will likely also need another dose. Now, uh, in other news... The board of the Newburgh, Oregon School District has voted to ban Pride and Black Lives Matter flags, as well as any political signs, clothing, and other items. The ban will only apply to district staff and faculty, not to students. On Tuesday, the board voted 4 to 3 in favor of the ban. The board also created a three member policy committee to define what messages and images might constitute a political speech. Uh, district Superintendent Joe Morlock has said that district lawyers will examine the ban's free speech implications before it's officially instated. OPB noted. That the district's ban goes against statewide efforts by the Oregon Department of Education to show support for Black Lives Matter and LGBTQ students. In June 2020, ODE published a success plan for LGBTQ students. The plan sought to increase LGBTQ inclusivity and attendance while reducing anti-LGBTQ bullying, harassment and assaults. Some of the ODE's recommendations included LGBTQ cultural training for all faculty, as well as the use of gender neutral restrooms, safe space posters and anti-bullying policies. In October 2020, the ODE also published a letter signed by several statewide educators Uh, Organizations expressing support For BLM, BLM symbols in classrooms And anti-racist education It was said that our support for the Black Lives Matter Movement, anti-racist training And the teaching of the sometimes violent and racist History of the U.S. are not intended To generate guilt or shame For white students and communities But we must commit to an anti-racist stance And to do better for black Students, families and educators
2: So listen to this, uh, the priority then For some of these people on the school board Who voted the priority is is to not make white people feel guilty, but in doing that, they're they're willing then to let black students and queer students still feel unsafe and unaccepted. Like that that's the that's the priority of the school board. That's but what white
0: guilt is so annoying to me because it still makes its way back to white people. Like just get over your whatever. And let's start standing up for people of color and queer students. I mean, come on, nobody cares if you feel guilty.
2: Yep, here in the United States and globally, white people have been horrible, horrible to all sorts of minorities for generations. It is what it is, let's learn from it and get better as opposed to say, oh, we can't deal with the guilt of that. How you ever deal with that? Oh, come on! Give me a break.
0: Yeah. All right. Well, let's get into a little weather. Summers here. It's queer, and it's brought to you by McDonald's. It's going to be a high of 99 in Cathedral City, 93 in Sacramento, 81 in Cleveland, 82 in Buffalo, 75 in Seattle, 90 in Miami, and 97 in Palm Springs. Now head on over to McDonald's to get a frozen Coca-Cola drink for just a dollar fifty to quench your thirst. Now give us a vibe of the
2: day. You will be defined not just by what you achieve, but by how you survive.
0: I love that. All right. Coming up, an ironic pronoun is gaining popularity. Find out what it is coming up next.
2: You're listening to The Morning Beat. Uh, if you've listened to us before, you know uh, no uh, subject is out of balance for us to tackle. And uh, this one is uh, It's controversial to some, and I'm not sure it should be, but I also don't know that I really understand. We're talking about pronouns. Uh, we've, we've discussed uh, at great length on our show. Uh, if you want someone to use certain pronouns to describe you as they, them, z, ze, uh, he, she, uh, whatever, that's totally fine. But now there's uh, some new pronouns that are sort of catching um, some attention and gaining some momentum. And I'm a little bit confused. Uh, It feels offensive to me, but if these are your pronouns, apparently they do not feel offensive to you.
5: So I've gotten a lot of comments like this around my use of it, its pronouns. Uh, People are saying, oh, I'm uncomfortable using it, its, so I'm not going to use those pronouns for you. And it's kind of ironic because basically what you're saying is like, I want to respect you. Therefore, I'm not going to use the pronouns that you just told me to use.
2: Okay, so it, its. That's what we're talking about, as opposed to he, him, or she, her, or they, them, or or ze, them, as opposed to any of them. Um, and you know, just to be clear, twenty-six percent of LGBTQ youth uh, identify as non-binary. Uh, these numbers are just astronomical compared uh, to the numbers that we saw from our generation. So we want to be open, we want to be thoughtful, um, but also understand and and just make sure we get this right. So let's continue listening.
5: And as someone who uses it, its pronouns, if you if I, I tell you that my pronouns are it, its and then you say, no, I'm not going to use that, then like that doesn't feel very validating.
2: OK, so uh, the person being validated here, Justin, uh, please uh, share its name with us.
3: So Mave is its name. Uh, they also go by they and a Uh, Pronouns, and they're um, on TikTok at at Maeve, M-A-E-V-E dot digital.
2: So what was the other pronoun they and? A, E-Y. E-Y. Correct. Okay. Do you know that one, Michaela? I'm sorry, that one's new to me.
3: No, I'm
0: actually looking at this um, post where it is talking about many different pronouns. I will say being called it or its was always uh, very offensive growing up. Because it was like, oh, it needs to go. Like like you're like a a predator. Like there was never good surrounding the word it. However, if they feel like they're taking back the power um, and that's what they want to use it as. I'm just going to say this with a lot of respect and real just transparency. There are pronouns that say I go by... Pronouns it it's zem, E M A M Zer Zer A Er I Er Ni Nem Vem. I mean, I'm confused. Like I I just I wanna respect lot. you and I'm gonna respect sure. you. But are we doing the whole vowel system? Like am I like, hey, vem. oh um, like I just just tell me what you're comfortable with.
2: Those aren't even things I've ever said in my entire life. So now do I need to learn a new language to to respect you? And and I guess where I get confused is If you want to go by they or it's or a, why not just choose one that's all encompassing? So so they, them, I can wrap my brain around. It's all encompassing. So if that's not offensive to you, why add the additional ones? But again, it's not for me to fully, I guess, experience. It's not been my experience. Let's listen to Maeve.
5: And... So, like, you know, I I get where it comes from. Like, there's, you know, there's definitely this whole thing about objectification. But, like, if we really look at it, like, why is objectification bad? And I think the reason it's bad is because it's implied that you're not respecting that person by objectifying them. So, if really the issue is about respect, then if I'm saying that my pronouns are it, its, then the respectful thing to do would be to use it, its, even if that is objectifying. So, I don't know.
0: Uh, listen, if that's your pronouns hey. that, that, that Mave wants to use, um, it's not my place. I think it's offensive. I, I think it's confusing uh, for some. Yeah, for
2: me, I just, I just, I can't imagine talking, referring to a human being as an it. Like, I just can't, I feel like that feels so gross to me. And I, I, I still get hung, I, I don't understand if your pronouns are it and they and a. Like, I, I don't understand that it's confused and it's not because it's not because it's just new to me because I can get on board. Right. Uh, and I, you know, I, I'm respectful to all humans. I want to make everybody feel at least seen. I might not like an individual that's different from respecting who they are as a person. Justin, do you have thoughts on this? Cause I'm, I'm really trying to, as a, as a cis straight man, dare I ask, like, what are you hearing here when you're hearing maybe talk.
3: I mean it feels like a bunch of alphabet soup but uh, at the same point like I I see people like Halsey who go by she and they or uh, Demi Lovato who just goes by they and I'm I'm more than willing to like I, I'm I'm willing to you know make the effort, and I want to you know be there and be supportive. And I'll call you by whatever name or pronouns you would like. The thing is, when it turns into I have six or seven different pronouns. That's a lot. What what is the what is the correct you know one for? Yeah, each, and is there is, just...
2: is there a preferred one? Exactly. Out of the six, is one your favorite? And the this, is there one that's your least preferable? I I guess I just can't wrap my brain around understanding why there's a need for so many. The
3: one exception I can say to that, though, I've seen this on a couple different business emails that I've sent with people is like he, him, and then L because they're uh, in a traditionally Latin, Latin sure. culture, yeah, absolutely. Because why? Oh, oh because they're in Latin that. culture. Got it. Yeah, yeah I mean, yeah, I'll just Elle say it. it's yeah.
0: very confusing. Just tell me what you want me to call you, and I will. Please, like, if you're like, I want Vave M-A-M-E-M, I... I I'm gonna try to get on board, but I think that at some point we do have to regulate uh, just out of respect for other people. Like, I, I understand wanting to take the word queer back, so we did. The word it, uh, if that's what you wanna take back and that's what you wanna be called, I can do that. Just like communicate with me what your pronouns are, and you
2: know. I just know personally, I would be, if you referred to me as an it, I'd be so offended. If you referred to me as a they yeah. or even she, wouldn't bother me. I mean, it but wouldn't that's, really bother me.
0: For me, I don't want to be called it either. But the point yeah. they're making is, is like it's not about us. Where our pronouns aren't it, their pronouns are it. So they don't feel offended. They want to be called it. So I respect that. I just, uh, just you know, tell me and just you know, don't give me seventeen pronouns because I can barely remember like mine. Right, <laughs> it's like a lot. I hear you. All right, coming up, uh, we are discussing uh, what's. Uh, I'm sorry, would you pay six figures to make yourself look better? I mean, honey, we are living in the Kardashian times. Uh, Find out what someone is willing to spend coming up next.
2: All right. Welcome back to The Morning Beat. This story is too good to pass up. Uh, It's a story that can only come out of the state of Texas and only out of the Republican Party. Senator Ted Cruz, one of the lowest forms of, I don't know, human like on Earth, like he's just an awful, awful person. Uh, just said so many awful, awful things. He's spineless, you know. He, you know, Donald Trump was attacking his wife, and then Ted Cruz somehow got amnesia, turned around, and became a full Trump supporter after he used to eviscerate him when he's running against him for president back in 2015 and 2016. Well, last fall he had a book come out. Uh, and oftentimes when high-ranking political officials release books, they immediately become New York Times bestsellers, right? Uh, Barack and Michelle Obama broke records with their deals. George W. Bush has written a top-selling book. Hillary Clinton's written a couple as well. Well, Ted Cruz wanted to get into the game. He wrote a book last fall released called One Vote Away, How a Single Supreme Court Seat Can Change History. Sounds mm-hmm. riveting, right? Mm-hmm. Well, his publisher uh, paid him an advance of $320,000, which is very common to get a large advance lump sum. And then you'll get a percentage based on book sales once they make their money back. Turns out, according to FEC filings, that his campaign has spent over $150,000 buying copies of his own book because nobody else wants to because the book is crap.
0: What we're not going to do, what we're not going to do, what we're not going to do is drag Ted Cruz. You're going to defend
2: him, aren't you? I know you are.
0: You just dragged him for filth and I'm taking it all back. Ted you're kind of an icon now to me. If this isn't me written all over me, <laughs>
1: I oh am Listen.
0: screaming. This idiot Listen. wrote a book <sighs> and then was like, mm-hmm, "Team, assemble." Mm-hmm, yes, we're gonna get uh, yeah, 150k. Yeah, go out, get the book. Well, here's, good.
2: here's the thing, though. The the, the the issue is that nobody is buying the book. It wasn't the New York Times bestseller, and he's probably humiliated by that. So here's where I take issue. So back on October 15th. He spent $40,000 that had been donated to his campaign by hardworking Americans. The very next week, his book goes up to number nine on the New York Times bestseller. It cracked the top 10. So what does this guy do? A couple weeks later, November, spends $12,000 more, and it jumps to number five. They kept spending money so it would go up the New York Times bestseller list. I'm okay with that. I'm all for believing in yourself, knowing that you're a king, and investing in your future. I got it. I'm okay with it. What I'm not okay with is he spent individuals' money that they donated to help him get reelected to do it that's where I have an issue.
0: Listen, I wrote an entire sitcom and paid for it all just so it could live on YouTube and I could watch it for myself, <laughs> okay? You're not going to get anything. I wrote a Christmas song just so our station would play me on the radio. Like, there's nothing you're going to say that I am going to be like, oh, that makes sense. Ted Cruz messed up. Ted, well, Ted get me your team, okay? Because I have well, a new album coming out.
2: Listen, Listen, you're iconic, and I love you for that. But he also, just to to be clear, though, he also illegally used $18,000 to buy campaign ads on Facebook uh, to promote this book. And back in 2015, he spent $122,000 to buy copies of his book, A Time for Truth. When he was running for president and then failed, what's truthful about you buying your own books so you can get on the New York Times bestseller list? I mean, he that literally seems just, weird.
0: He sounds like an IG influencer. And if we break it down, it's like back in the day when people <laughs> he, used to buy it? their followers, and then they would have yes. to buy the likes, and then they'd have to buy yes. the comments, and it's all just so self-serving. It's and now you can't. Yeah, you can't do it on Instagram anymore. You can't buy also, followers or comments.
2: Here's here's my follow up question: Where are the books? What happened to the books? Because I'm going to tell you this. I'm going to be real honest. I'm an author, right? I never made the New York Times bestseller list. Uh, I was a top seller on Amazon, and I'm very proud of that. I was the number one new release in LGBTQ autobiographies. I was very proud of that as well. I never hit the New York Times bestseller list. And I apparently now it just cost me $100,000. I could have done it. But I'll say this. Just recently, I finally broke down and got a storage unit because I have cases and cases and cases of books that normally pre-pandemic I would take with me or have shipped to locations where, you know, somebody's hiring me as a public speaker, a motivational speaker, and they would buy X amount of books ahead of time, a couple hundred, and and they would pay for all the shipping. So I would have some on hand. My publisher has them as well, but I'd have some on hand. Maybe sometimes I do a, a book signing locally and I'd take one or two boxes with me, right? I can't imagine $150,000. $150,000. I had to get a storage unit downstairs just for my books. Where do you put $150,000 worth of books? Where?
0: Where? Listen to me. Where are they? <sighs> he probably didn't even write the book. He probably paid another $100,000 to say totally. he wrote the book that doesn't a even exist.
2: percent. It's all This man is an
0: icon. I, I, I just can't get over I This whole day today, I'm just going to think about... Ted, and the fact that he has just lied his way through literally his entire career and then was like, it. now I'm going to fake write a book and I'm going to fake make the New York Times.
2: I'll tell you this, Michaela. tell you guys about it. This is a little gem that I'm going to offer you right now. If you make just a small $77 donation to his campaign, he will send you a signed copy of that book, <laughs> probably stored in his garage right now. Uh, normally retails for twenty eight ninety nine. That's should steal. we just tr-
0: okay? Should we just try to get the book to see if it even should exists? Should we just
2: try to get one? Should we try to get one? He'll send a letter. He'll send a letter. Listen. He'll
0: be like, "I'm so sorry." i th- no. Then he sends a letter. He's like, "I'm so sorry. All the books have been sold, and they're just are simply no more to purchase. But thank you here's, for your donation."
2: Here's why I don't want to do it. Because someday when I randomly run for president or governor or or. City Council more likely uh, I don't want that on my record You made a I just want to you Ted to say <laughs>
0: that this is how this conversation just went I just want to say if I ever run for president randomly or governor Maybe West Hollywood City Councilman. I don't want
2: to. <laughs> I love you so <laughs> much. I love you when I, so hey, much. Hey, when I get my star in the Walk of Fame, the Hollywood Walk of Fame, I mean the Palm Springs Walk of Fame, I don't want this on my track record.
0: I hear that, babe. I hear that. This might have been one of my most favorite conversations we've had in a long time, and I can't believe it all surrounded Teddy Cruz. What a
2: treat. Welcome back to the Morning Beat. It's almost time for another round of what's Poppin'. Just want to remind you in 30 minutes, our in-house therapist, Dr. Milo Dotson, is going to be joining us to continue a conversation we started earlier this week on the idea of pedestaling or putting your partner uh, up on a pedestal so high uh, and putting yourself down in the process. Uh, why it's not uh, a good practice and why it's bad for relationships. He's going to tell you how to fix it. If that's something you do, uh, make sure you join us for that conversation. Uh, right now, it is time for what's Poppin. Michaela, what do you have for us?
0: Okay, so. The upcoming Queer as Folk reboot Has cast its first actor Non-binary star Jesse James Kittle Now Kittle who stars On ABC's popular drama Big Sky Has been cast as a trans Semi-reformed party girl Who's struggling to grow up The Queer as Folk update Which will be available On NBC Universal's Streaming platform Peacock takes place in New Orleans this time around and follows a diverse group of friends whose lives are transformed in the aftermath of a tragedy. Uh, this is very exciting. I'm loving this representation that we're getting for our community.
2: It is interesting. It's so wild because I will, I'll be honest, when I was coming out of the closet, Queerest Folk is one of the shows that kind of got me through my rough times. And similar to like... I'm gonna make a comparison to friends. I never really thought about it back then. Like, oh yeah, these are just a group of white people uh, that are cis that are, you know, telling a story. Never really questioned it. Looking backwards now, I see there's a lack of representation in both cases. Uh, not that not that I wasn't being represented because I was, because I'm a cis white man. But to kick off the announcement for this new iteration, because this generation, honey, is so different. They're so different than how we grew up. Uh, and to kick that off with this news, I think is huge.
0: I absolutely agree with you I think it's great And I think that I'm just so excited To continue seeing where the future goes With all programming Uh, So congratulations It's a very big time Now coming up in our next hour uh, Everybody loves being in a relationship uh, But we could always use a little bit of therapy And so for Therapy Thursdays Dr. Milo is joining us To make sure we're not putting our partners on a pedestal And if we do Making sure it's in a very healthy way We'll discuss next
2: You're listening to The Morning Beat coming up this hour on the show. We're joined by our in-house therapist, Dr. Milo Dodson. You can join us as well. It's not going to cost you a penny. Free therapy today. Uh, You're welcome in advance. We're talking about a topic we uh, discussed on the show earlier this week. It's pedestaling When you put your partner or other's needs above yours uh, to the detriment of your own health or of your own relationship, Uh, are there good ways to put people on a pedestal without ruining your relationships uh dr milo is going to answer that question in about 15 minutes uh if you have it, if you have this issue in your life or if maybe you have a friend or a family member who does uh you might want to join this conversation if not we're just fun so join it anyways uh right now it's time for some news on the beat Michaela, what's happening in the world
0: there's a lot going on, honey. Uh, countries all are still racing to evacuate their citizens from Afghanistan and potentially accommodate an influx of Afghan refugees fleeing Taliban rule. Air carriers from the U.S., Pakistan, and other countries have helped fly hundreds of people to safety. Desperate Afghans and their families are still crowding the airport in the capital city of Kabul, and 12 people have been killed there in the chaos Following the city's fall to the Taliban, driving the desperation is a fear of what life will be like under renewed Taliban rule. Though the Taliban has tried to present an image that's more progressive and restrained than before, the group repressed millions during its rule from 96 to 2001, and violent punishments were common. Meanwhile, President Joe Biden's decisions regarding the chaotic U.S. troop withdrawal in Afghanistan are under mountaining scrutiny. Uh, In other news, U.S. COVID-19 hospitalization rates have now hit record highs for all age groups, uh, under 50. The most affected groups are people 30 to 39 and children under 18. Hospitalizations for both of these groups are 30% of their previous peak, according to the CDC data. Overall, hospitalization numbers are climbing, but are still below the U.S. worst pandemic moments this January. However, at this rate, experts predict we could surpass even those grim statistics within a month. The Biden administration has announced that COVID-19 vaccine booster shots will be offered to eligible Americans beginning September 20th, subject to authorization from the FDA. While these shots apply to the Moderna and Pfizer vaccines, the U.S. Surgeon General has said those who got the single dose Johnson & Johnson vaccine will likely also need another dose. Rounding out news this morning, the board of the Newburgh, Oregon School District has voted to ban Pride and Black Lives Matter flags, as well as any political signs, clothing and other items. The ban will only apply to district staff and faculty and not to students. Uh, Just Tuesday, the board voted four to three in favor of the ban. The board also created a three-member policy committee to define what messages and images might constitute a political speech. District Superintendent Joe Morlock has said that district lawyers will examine the ban's free speech implications before it's officially instated. Uh, In June 2020, it's important to note, Oregon Department of Education published a success plan for LGBTQ students. The plan sought to increase LGBTQ inclusivity and attendance while reducing anti-LGBTQ bullying, harassment, and assaults. Some of the ODE's recommendations included LGBTQ cultural training for all faculty, as well as the use of gender-neutral restrooms, safe space, posters, and anti-bullying policies. Uh... They did come out with a statement that said our support for the Black Lives Matter movement, anti-racist training and the teaching of the sometimes violent and racist history of the U.S. are not intended to generate guilt or shame for white students and communities. We must commit to an anti-racist stance and to doing better for black students, families and educators. What they left out was, so we're going to make sure that we just don't let staff wear BLM shirts so that white people don't feel guilty, which then again is extremely problematic.
2: God forbid. God forbid.
0: God forbid. All right, let's get into a little bit of weather. Summer's here. It's queer. It's brought to you by McDonald's. Uh, it's going to be a high of 97 in Palm Springs, 90 in Houston, 90 in Miami, 66 in San Francisco, 88 in Atlanta, 84 in Chicago, and 93 in Sacramento. Now, if you happen to pass over McDonald's today, stop by. And if you're anything like my girlfriend, why don't you just start your morning with an apple pie or a frozen Coca-Cola Slushy, it's delicious, only $1.50, and it'll be sure to quench your thirst. Now, AJ, give us a vibe of the day.
2: Well, first of all, I want to give a shout out to our listeners in San Francisco, 1550 AM or Alice, 97.3 FM, HD2, 66 degrees. Here's the high today in San Francisco. It's 90 everywhere else in the entire country, and 66 degrees in San Francisco. Oh, that May weather. I can't, I couldn't do it. Couldn't do it. No! They're better people than I am, Michaela Gordon. Here you go. You will be defined not just by what you achieve, but by how you survive.
0: I love that. I love that. All right. Coming up, it's Therapy Thursday. Dr. Milo joins us to discuss what pedestaling your partner means and why it could be unhealthy. Coming up next.
2: Welcome back to The Morning Beat. We're joined now by one of our favorites, our in-house therapist, Dr. Milo Dodson. Dr. Milo, how are you? Hey, good morning to you. I'm feeling great. Uh, you should be feeling Hi, great doc. because you're, you're still a newlywed. It hasn't been that long since you tied the knot <laughs> with our very own Yesi yeah. Ortiz over at uh, NOW. Uh, it, it, she's in our cluster. We don't get to see her very much anymore because of this pandemic. And, know, and we miss her. I miss her. Um, but I want to ask you about this idea of pedestaling, right? So it's 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 being talked about on social media we talked about it on our show the other day this idea that you put your partner on a pedestal and how it can be problematic because uh, sometimes when people do that uh they diminish their own value now i will say this you very much put yesi ortiz on a pedestal because she is your queen um are you doing the healthy version or not and what's the difference
1: <laughs> I'm glad that I suddenly got it put in the hot seat here. That's awesome. Uh, let, 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 let's keep it real. When Yesi and I started dating over six years ago, I definitely had a crush on Yesi Ortiz. But the reality is, and to answer your question, I didn't fall in love with Yesi Ortiz, the radio personality and queen of LA. I fell in love with Yessica. And what that means is that I fell in love Uh, with who she is and not just a particular status or, or celebrity uh, and public figure. So I think the reality, again, to answer your question, I don't even, I wouldn't view myself pedestaling her as recognizing her as my queen. That's more of more of a a healthy type of praise Mm. and uplift and empowering, which I hope that we all get to experience in in our romantic relationships
2: yes
0: i would like to say that i got to see your wedding vows um last year and it was one of the most beautiful Lisa and i just sat there sobbing and it was such a beautiful um display of love i feel like i've always enjoyed hyping lisa because i enjoy being hyped up i think that like there have been times where, as much as I hyped her up, I actually wish that I hyped my own self up. And so, do you think that you know that's sort of the the delivery? Like, as long as you are also treating yourself like the queen or king that you also are, there's a really healthy balance
1: absolutely. We all need to treat ourselves as as royalty whoever, whoever we are, whatever, and however we identify, we all deserve to treat ourselves like royalty and be treated like royalty. So when Yessie first called me King, I'm like, wait a second, you're the queen of LA. Like, who am I? I'm, I'm just a mental health therapist. Right? So I think it's important for our relationship for us to hype ourselves up. We want to be in a relationship and committed to somebody Who hypes us up too, but it's more important that we continuously hype ourselves up because if we don't love ourselves here, it doesn't matter what type of pedestal or mountain or Mount Everest, our partner puts us on, we're going to fall and trip over our own feet all the way down to the bottom.
2: If you're just now joining us, we're speaking with our in-house therapist, Dr. Milo Dodson, about this idea of and We talked about it the other day. Uh, this idea that you put your partner uh, on a pedestal and that you, that you view them as better than you, that, that maybe you think you don't deserve them. Uh, and now Milo is sharing with us like the healthy way that he and his wife, Yessie Ortiz, uh, put each other on a pedestal, uh, but they also put themselves on a pedestal, which is what I think the difference yes. is. Uh, for those who maybe struggle with this, who find themselves in relationships with unhealthy codependencies. Like if, if one of our listeners or one of your clients right now, and they were saying to you, I just don't deserve this person. She's so much better than me. I can't get out of my head. It's ruining my relationship. What might you say?
1: I would say, ask yourself two questions. Who am I? And what are my core values? and my non-negotiables? Because essentially when we're pedestaling, it's kind of, Uh, to me, similar to what we're doing when we procrastinate on things, when people have issues with completing tasks that has nothing to do with time management, but more so about like a a means of protecting our self-esteem. So when we're trying to praise someone to an unhealthy level, when we're trying to pedestal someone, what we're neglecting to do is reflect on our ourselves and think about who we are and what we want for ourselves. So again, I always come back to those two questions here. Who am I? What are my core values and my non-negotiables? And then after that, it's like, well, when I can find someone who may, all right, well, they like a particular sports team, I can let that go. Or they don't like sushi and I love sushi and I can let that go. But when it comes down to it, knowing first and foremost, we all deserve to love and be loved.
7: Mm,
0: I love it. Wow, that's so powerful. Um, Dr. Milo, thank you so much for joining us. If people have more questions or maybe just want to connect on their own with you about this, where can they contact you?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So I am on Twitter and Instagram at phdodson, D-O-D-S-O-N. And Yessi and I actually have a podcast called Mental Health is Real, uh, which is also posted on SoundCloud. Um, haven't done an episode for a while, but we got some great content up there and, and really want to encourage folks to check it out.
2: Listen, Dr. Myra yes. Dodson, we're obsessed with you. I'm going to, I'm going to do this right now, man to man. I'm going to put you on a pedestal and I'm going to do this because I know that I'm also a king. You're one, That's of, a, right. you're one of a kind. You may be married to the queen of Los Angeles, but you are the king of mental health and we appreciate you every single time you stop by.
1: Oh, man. That was, thank you. I wasn't even expecting that. So, (laughs) wow, thank you.
2: You're very welcome. So coming up next, we're also going to be talking about uh, something that's gaining some traction here in the state of California. One of our representatives, he's queer. He's a member of Congress. He wants a four-day work week. Could it happen? Uh, We're back in just a moment.
7: Tell me something good.
2: I'll tell you something good. We're going to take a little trip to my home state of Ohio to do it. I'm going to be going there next weekend for a long weekend. I'll be recording from home for a few days. I haven't seen my family in a really long time, and that matters to me. So I'm going to go see my mama. Um, Also, (laughs) I can so relate to the story, sort of. An Ohio family uh, lost uh, a grandmother and a mother, right? The matriarch of the family. She passed away cleaned out her house and threw out her her refrigerator right unbeknownst to them that refrigerator had $25,000 stashed in a box in the freezer why why because people in the midwest save money in freezers no because the belief is that the house burns down, the freezer can't burn.
0: Oh, my God. That's amazing. Wait, that's brilliant. I don't Wait, know if that that's, that's accurate anymore.
2: Maybe back in the day when freezers were like those old school like metal like contraptions, I think you could burn right through a freezer uh, nowadays. But it was really cool, though, because um, the local, uh, like the trash man, basically, I, I don't know what else to say, uh, the trash crew came to the rescue. Uh, Got the freezer, got the envelope that was inside this box in a freezer, and sure enough, $25,000 was there. Uh, This was uh, according to the Waste Collection Agency, Republic Services in Cleveland. Uh, And they got the money, got it back to the family, and they were able to recoup the money. You know, and my grandmother passed. I say I can relate because my grandmother passed on my dad's side. She had tens of thousands of dollars in little shoe boxes and envelopes all over her home, just everywhere. And they started finding it. And that generation, though, lived through the Great Depression. They didn't trust banks. There were runs on banks back in the days before the FDIC was formed. And so they still do not trust their money elsewhere. They hide it in mattresses, freezers, anywhere they can think of. So, uh-huh. yeah, just, just so you know, Michaela, if I if I if I croak one of these days, God forbid, I have any cash I think hiding.
0: God forbid. All, all
2: my money's in my Apple Wallet. So just get my phone. Don't look for the money. Don't look for the envelopes. Just get my phone.
0: Okay. Perfect. Same. Same. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. Fat. Well. Uh- I'm, I'm, now I'm flabbergasted thinking about you dying please don't I've had enough I think you're flabbergasted about getting
2: my money is what the
0: truth is that's what I, I'm like oh, Matt, he's to train. I'll take the money I'll get the phone you know what let's end it on that story uh, I think it's so sweet <laughs> and uh, I'm racing out of here but this tell me something good is brought to you by McDonald's hit up McDonald's if you get the chance today to get a frozen Coca-Cola uh, just a dollar fifty Listen, it's delicious
2: I'm gonna say this to you I know you are racing out because you're actually home in Vegas right Right now, you had a loss of a family member. Again, your family's gone through a lot. Your friends have gone through a lot this last year. And I just want you to know uh, that you're doing the right thing. We support you. You'll be back in studio soon enough. Um, But you are loved, and I'm sending you a big virtual hug from the studio.
0: Oh, I love you so much. Thank you, babe. Thank you, guys. Thank you so much. Well, we're going to continue having a great show for you tomorrow. Live, of course. Uh, So for today, just take care of yourselves. Maybe hug your loved ones a little tighter today. Remember that it all is about love at the end of the day. Loving what you do and loving who you love. And we'll see you tomorrow.